think there's a decent chance we can rename this podcast, just like the official name, talking about how the Wizards still don't have a GM. And I think it will fit for a very long time. I'm Fred Katz. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic. I'm the host of talking about the Wizards not still having a GM or whatever the hell I just said. And uh, I'm here with Ben Standing from NBC Sports Washington, who has come on here once again to talk about the Wizards still not having a GM nine and a half weeks into this search. Benjamin, how you doing? I'm good. Maybe you should, if you're going to change it to like the GM list podcast, you could get like Grand Marnier or something to sponsor it. Then you could have like a tie-in. <laughs> Grand Marnier, that's perfect. I think you know, I, I Grand Marnier is too sweet for me. I used to. It, it's good for cooking. You ever drink it? You ever actually drink it? Oh, I mean, back in the day when whatever alcohol we could get our hands on, yeah, absolutely. It's been. That's been a minute, but yes, back in the day, the, the things like shots, I'm sure, were happening. Yes, it, it's uh, it's way too sweet. I'm a whiskey drinker. I'll do whiskey. I'll do tequila. Any of that, we can uh, we can veer away from from the sweet drinks here. Although I do enjoy like a like a classically sweet drink, like a drink that would get me made fun of if I ordered it at a bar. Yeah, yeah, like I, I always like the beach drinks, but you can't, uh, you know, I, I can't. I need a, uh, I need somebody else to effectively order it and pretend they're making me get it. Because oh, if see, I just, I'm, order... I'm shameless about it. I'll order it and drink it. I'm fine. Well, I've seen your Twitter feed. You clearly are willing to just throw yourself out there. <laughs> I, I, I'm a little more reserved, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, basically, I'm more a vodka gin guy. But if somebody wants to throw, you know, I don't necessarily need the umbrella in the drink, but you know. That, that 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 type of stuff I'm totally fine with if somebody else wants to uh be the bigger man and order it. <laughs> so, uh the reason I wanted to have you on today was because I wrote about Masai Ujiri as a possibility. Uh when was it? Yesterday. We're recording this right now, Thursday late afternoon. I wrote about Masai Ujiri as a possibility for the Wizards last night, so Wednesday night, you can go up on The Athletic and see that story. Not necessarily as a possibility in that Ujiri is dying to come to Washington, D.C., but that the reason the Wizards don't have a GM right now, they fired Ernie Grenfeld on April 2nd, they made a run, they waited six and a half weeks for Tim Connolly's team, the Nuggets, to be eliminated from the playoffs. Quickly upon the Nuggets being eliminated, they brought Connolly in for a meeting, they were eliminated on a Sunday, Brought him in that Friday. I believe it was May 20th that Friday. They had an offer to him that weekend at some point, and Connolly had turned it down by that Monday, eight days after the Nuggets were eliminated, only three days after the initial meeting with the Wizards on that Friday. Connolly had already said no, and since that date, actually April 20th, uh, May 20th was when he turned it down. That Friday was like the 17th or whatever it was. Since that date, they haven't interviewed anybody, and one of the reasons for the stagnancy is because they, uh, according to league sources, league sources believe that they are waiting on Masai Ujiri so they can make him, so they can at least go through and request permission, which they haven't yet, go through and request permission to talk to him. The reason I want to have you is because over a month ago, you were the first to make the actual Ujiri Wizards connection. Even though people have been talking about it now for the last like week, uh, 
you made this connection, and I think it was April 30th you came out with that story. And I'm wondering what you make of the Maasai wizard stuff, which has kind of started to crescendo a little bit, you know? At least the storyline has. I mean, I can't... Like, you just mentioned April 30th. I think that's the right date. I can't believe that that was then. Like, that's pre-combine... The, the Nuggets are still in the playoffs. We're all focusing largely on Tim Connolly. And at the time when I started to hear about this, it was like, oh, it's interesting. Because it was, it, sort of like, it was sort of from the point of view of, you know, how it is. Like, people are like, oh, nobody wants the Wizards job. and terrible. And that was definitely – and by the way, I see people saying that now and writing columns about this. Don't listen to those people. It's just, the, the, those people know, know nothing. They're just haters. And I'm not saying this is a defender of the Wizards. I'm just saying these are people who have a default position that the Wizards are a disaster on all fronts. And I'm not saying the Wizards are fantastic. But the idea that there aren't, aren't people out there who want this job is beyond preposterous. I'll just leave it at that. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, but, people, people including myself, people in the know, it's not just me who has reported it. Other people have too. The reason the Wizards yeah, yeah. don't have anyone, the principal reason, is because they aren't contacting and interviewing people. Like they, It's not like they have all these candidates who they've interviewed who we don't know about. They haven't interviewed the likely candidates. They just haven't interviewed a lot of people. And I've written countless times – not countless times. I've written a number of times about how they didn't – they haven't really had a plan B. They swung for the fences on Connolly, and they missed. He ended up going back. They misread that situation. They were confident they could get him, and they didn't. And uh, they are – I don't know their confidence level going after Jerry. Maybe you do. But uh, I, I – it's confident enough to where they're playing the same process. You know, They're doing the same thing that they did with Connolly. Right, right. I mean it's sort of like if, you know, if you're in high school and you're looking for a, a, a date for – a date and you're aiming for the prom queen, but there's other you – know, but there's a bunch of uh, – this is a horrible example, but it's like a, I don't know, a bunch of – Really, you know, interesting uh, girls, cheerleaders, whatever, who would totally go with you, but you're aiming for what you think is the top top of the heap. That doesn't mean that you know you can't get another date if, she, if they say no. They're going for the top of the heap, and you can, we can question it. And I think maybe we should. If if you're going to wait all this time for Messiah Jerry, why did you go for Tim Connolly? Like it almost doesn't make any sense. How did you know? I, you can be in love with two women in this. To use my bad example, at the same time. You can like have you know two crushes, but like you know if you're gonna if you're gonna go for Messiah Jerry, which still seems like a a, a fair, fairly long shot. I, I know I'm like all over the place now, but still seems like a fairly a fair long shot considering the the money that you would have to pay him to leave Toronto, which we can get into if you want, and then also the likely compensation you may have to give the Raptors because look, breaking news: Toronto may win the NBA title. They're not just going to let this guy walk for nothing, most likely. So um, that's a pretty extreme reach for the Wizards. But the reality does seem to be that that is what is – it seems like that is what's happening, that they are waiting, which, as I said four weeks ago, I don't have an issue with them waiting because if the extreme, if the end result is they actually get this guy, that would be unbelievable. But my only point was – do they realistically know what their chances are? And that is where I still don't know that they do. And, and, that, and that's the part we're waiting would seem to be sort of weird. Um, but in any event, <laughs> to go back to your original point of, uh, of this, like my, my only thinking back then in, in, in April was that, oh, that's pretty interesting. Another guy who 
who who who seemingly you'd think would be way out of the Wizards league. My report wasn't that the Wizards were interested in him; is that he was interested in the Washington situation. And I say Washington specifically because it went beyond just the basketball team. That the city of Washington, the, all the things that could be that the city provides in, to, in terms of exposure, politics, people who are in the city appealed to Masai Ujiri for a lot of his outside interests, which we don't have to get into here. But then, like I said, at that point, the Tim Connolly thing was still the predominant angle. And so once Tim Connolly ended, like like everybody else, I just sort of assumed, okay, well, that's it. You, you already you took your one shot. You're moving on to the to the next group, and then that didn't happen. And now, even if we weren't in the position like we are, where we, 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 we try to talk to people around the league and, and get as informed as we can, even if we were just fans who were at home on the couch and hanging out and – only people we talked to about these things were our buddies. Uh, it still seems like, well, what else could you possibly be waiting for? Thinking there's no, I mean, wh- why would why would you sit here all this time if it's not for somebody who's still in the playoffs? So it seems like that's the play they're making. Like I said, though, do they are they are they really do they really have the ammo? Do they really think they can get this done? That's the part I'm remain skeptical about. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll talk to different people in the league. And I wrote in that story that no matter what his interest in the job is depends on who you talk to. There's some people who I talk to in the league who say, nah, he's he's not going to go. There's some people who I talk to in the league. There's nobody in the league who I talk to, by the way. And I don't know if our sources overlap on this or what. But there's nobody in the league who I talk to who's like, oh, he would totally take it. I haven't heard that from anybody. There, there are people who will say, yeah, he, he, he might consider that. And that's about where it jumps off. There was one person who told me, like, it would be a legit possibility. No one has told me it's totally going to happen. And here's the thing, and I wrote you in this story. It wouldn't come down to money. And I don't say that because I think the Wizards would make a cheap offer. I think the Wizards are preparing a pretty big one that they would make, and it would, it would be a very large figure. Masai makes somewhere in that like six a year to eight a year range. He's somewhere in there, um, which is very expensive for a number one executive in your front office. Uh, I, the Wizards would give him a big offer, but that doesn't matter because Toronto ownership, MLSE, has so much money. I mean, that organization, that ownership group, is so obscenely wealthy, and they give Ujiri everything he wants, and they always have. He wanted a G League team, and he got it, and he wanted a new practice facility, and he got it, and they will pay the luxury tax, and they want to pay to win, and they want to pay to get talent, and they want to pay to keep talent, and it's a good and smart and willing-to-spend ownership group. It's basically everything that you would want in an ownership group. So there is a prevailing school of thought uh, that no matter what Masai gets offered by anyone, no matter what Masai gets offered, Toronto is going to say, well, you're not leaving because of money. Here's the same offer. And there is that is kind of general consensus around the league that no matter who offers Masai a contract, if someone were to offer Masai a contract, Toronto would just match the offer or maybe even make him a larger offer just to keep him there. And that could make it. That could be an offer that could make him like legit one of the highest paid executives in the league. Uh, and, and so it's not going to come down to money. And obviously, it's not going to come down to basketball because even if Toronto loses Kawhi Leonard, I mean, this is an NBA Finals team. 
And this is a finals team with good young talent. I mean, there's still Siakam there. There's still Ananobi. There's still Van Vliet. Like, you got these good young there's also There's also no John Wall injury contract situation. Yes, for sure. And, like, yeah, Kyle Lowry is expensive, but Kyle Lowry is still very good and is a top three player, arguably the second best player on a team that is up 2-1 in the finals right now. And only has one year left on his deal after this anyway. Serge Ibaka, yeah, is expensive, but only has one year left on his deal after this year anyway. Like, these aren't big deals, and these are still contributors to a finals team. This is not the same thing as having only six guys under contract for next year, and yet still not even having cap room. That's not a thing that teams have. This is, you know, you don't have those big expensive contracts on the book for guys who aren't playing. You don't have uh, a lack of second-round picks moving forward. If you have to give up picks and compensation for the next GM that you bring in, then obviously, like, the thing that makes the Wizards not for sure the worst basketball situation in the league is that they have all their first-round picks. If you have to give up a pick or a second-round, one or two first-round picks in order to get the GM that you want is compensation to the team that's losing him, that's that's the worst basketball situation in the league that that guy's going to. So that makes it really tough, too. So it would not be basketball. It would be, like you said, the other stuff in D.C. And the Wizards would really have to appeal to that. They would have to find a way to appeal to uh, giving him power elsewhere. You know, a, you, you kind of alluded to the Giants of Africa that he's involved with and the, and the, the African League that the NBA is starting that he's going to be very involved with in proximity to, to you know, Barack Obama – those sorts of things that that DC would bring, and obviously he's tr- he's tremendous at his job and has an impeccable resume and has had tremendous success both in Denver and in Toronto. Maybe you know, I, maybe it happens. Maybe it happens, but it, it it's just very hard to think that somebody is going to leave one job for another when the money is no better and the basketball is inarguably worse. That is going to be a very hard job to sell someone on. Uh, so uh, the I'll just say that I at some point I have spoken to somebody very I'll say very very close to the situation and the the basic point was the interest is legit. The issue would most likely be could the Wizards get the compensation to be right for him to want to jump? And again, this was at least before Toronto actually made the finals. So, you know, who knows? At that point, the finals could change everything. That was my thought with Tim Connolly as well, that the idea that the Wizards were his dream job only applies to a point where the emotion of the current situation doesn't take over. Because, right, Denver is sort of his baby. He's put that team together. Do you want to walk away from that after they got, you know, where they got one, you know, one game away from the Western Conference final? In any event, that the issue for, 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 for Masai would mostly be could the Wizards make the money work, but then also would they, even if Toronto made him uh, available to talk to, would, would would the Wizards be willing to pay whatever compensation Toronto would, would, would ask? Both of those points seemed unlikely at, at, at that point. Um, that may be changing on some front, but regardless, that, that would seem to be an obstacle. Um, the, the other point was that the outside interests that he has, there may be a, a belief that like he's, it's a little easier to maneuver – in Toronto right now than if you were to come to Washington, even with the advantages of being in a bigger city, to, you know, the, the capital of the world on some level, because of the current political climate in D.C., as we all know. So 
that may be another reason to be like, eh, you know what, even from that perspective, it's I, I might as well just stay where I'm at kind of thing. That So I'd put all that together, and that, and it's still – those are among the factors why it still seems like a long shot. But but beyond that, it's now nine weeks since they let go Ernie Grunfeld. And if Masai – the NBA Finals will presumably go on for another week or so, depending on Golden State's injuries. <laughs> um, but, you know, if, if the Wizards don't get Masai, when the odds would suggest they won't, not saying it's impossible, I'm just saying the odds would be against them, then what? I won't say that, that they wasted the whole – off season to this point, but you know, what are they doing? Are they just going to go back to Tommy Shepard, who obviously I'm not saying would be a bad move. That would be just a really tough PR sell at that point to the fan base, who's already going to look at him with side eye since he's been here for, with Ernie Grunfeld for a decade plus. Even if you wanted to say from the early on, we like Tommy Shepard, he's not Ernie 2.0, it gets harder to make that push when you waited nine to ten weeks to hire the guy. If you really thought that, you would have hired him then. And if it's not him, I, you know, wh- who knows where, where they would even go. So, you know, a, a, as crazy as it is right now that we're waiting all this time that you've had umpteen podcasts <laughs> with, with several guests discussing this empty position, that this could go on longer. And if they do make the play from Masai, if that actually happens and that doesn't go anywhere, then what? And by the way, I assume that most of the time when you're talking about this, and same with me, the focus is largely on the June 20th draft because that's the thing that's coming up. That's the least of my concerns. The draft is one pick right now, right? Let's forget the second round. One pick, ninth, they they can figure that out. The The rest of the offseason is far more delicate. You have half your roster as free agents. Are you keeping Bradley Beal? Are you trading Bradley Beal? What is the play? Are you making a push for the playoffs? Are you starting over? Uh, are you keeping Sadoransky, Thomas Bryant? And then you have the the entire league to consider. Do you want to trade for somebody? Uh, do you want to make, sign somebody for a free agency? Who's making that call? And and you know, and then there's also just tell you how you set yourself up for the future. So there's a ton more decisions to make beyond the draft. And if they don't get a GM in place, whoever it is, uh, you know, sooner than later, then how do you get? How do you have a realistic plan for that? So. It, it, it's certainly going to get weird, if even weirder, if they make the play from a side and it doesn't happen. So there's that to look. There's that to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, a, a weird thing about all of it is, you know, you you talked about it a little bit. Is just that if they go, let's say they miss out on Masai, and they end up just kind of extending Tommy. And I don't want to – I think I've referenced this bit before. There's this uh, there's this Ray Romano bit where he talks about a time where his wife got mad at him because she was on the bus without him and she saw a woman that he would have liked had he been there to see her. And I don't want to do that to the Wiz. I don't want to think of something that they – I project onto them doing and then seem like I'm criticizing for a thing that I'm just making up that they're doing. But I will say, if you hire Tommy Shepard because you want Tommy Shepard to be your guy, that's fine. I've written about why I think there are ways that Shepard would not be just an extension of Grunfeld. I think he's a different person who has different philosophies. I think that that's genuinely true. Uh, And if he's your guy who you think is the best candidate, then go for it. But if he kind of falls into the job, then that's a problem with the search process. Because there are smart, qualified, hardworking people in the NBA who aren't GMs right now who will be GMs one day. 
and it's the searches the search people's job whether that means Mike Ford, whether that means Leonsis, whether that means other people who are contributing to the search with the Wizards. It's those people's job to find those people because there are more than just the 30 people currently running teams that are qualified to run teams. There are other people out there who will one day run teams and do a good job at it. The NBA is not forever done with having good GMs, and it's your job to find that person. If you do a small, narrow search, go after a couple of huge names, swing and miss on them, and then just bring the interim guy up. Or just let him carry through with an interim title for an extended period of time and just kind of circle back to the search at another time in the future. That's on you. So so they have to figure out a way to where they are able to bring in somebody, not because they just couldn't find someone they liked. Because if they don't find someone they like, that's on them. It's possible to find someone that you like. New Orleans had an opening, they found someone they liked. Minnesota had an opening, they found someone they liked. They can find someone they like. They just New Orleans uh, found two really, people they liked. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I mean so did Minnesota. Minnesota brought in Sachin Gupta uh behind, and they brought in uh Jean Luca as well to be behind uh to be behind Rosas. Like Minnesota can reconfigure a whole front office with, with, with kind of a, a stud scout in Gianluca and uh, a stud analytics guy in Sachin and then a, a really good player development guy in Gerson. So like that's a – they reconfigured a whole front office. And, and New Orleans obviously brought in Trajan Langdon too who had interviewed for the same position that David Griffin got. So there are people out there who are smart, qualified, impressive, hardworking people in front offices. And – all you got to do is find them. They're out there. There are only 30 teams. It's a small industry. You can find those people. Now, if you believe Tommy Shepard is one of those people, that's great. Tommy Shepard is interviewed for jobs. He interviewed for the New Orleans job. He interviewed for the Atlanta job. He's been around for a long time. He's an extremely charismatic guy. It would make perfect sense why you would think, you know, he's already familiar with the flaws in the organization. Maybe he is better equipped to fix the flaws inside the Wizards than anyone else because he knows exactly what they are. He has seen them mess up time and time again, and he knows how to fix it. And if that's the case, it makes perfect sense, totally logical. Tommy Shepard is a smart he is a smart person and a very, very charismatic guy, and it would make perfect sense, and he wants to fix the culture there. Uh, but if you pick Tommy Shepard just like as a fallback plan, I mean, you don't have to do that. You don't. That, that's not what you have to do. That means you, you failed in the process. So we'll... We'll see what ends up happening, and if they swing and miss on Masai, maybe there's somebody out there and the two of us are misreading the situation. Uh, maybe they go back to square one and find somebody else, uh, but they're, they, I don't think they're thrilled with the people they've spoken to already, and we'll see how they play it from there. And look, if they do end up with Masai, if they know more than what we do, and they've had some intel mistakes, like let's be real. The Connolly thing was an intel mistake. They thought they were for sure getting Tim Connolly, and they obviously weren't because he said no. It was a little bit reminiscent of 2016 with Kevin Durant when they cleared all that cap space, and they thought that Kevin Durant had a chance in going to D.C. when a lot of people around the league were like, ah, Kevin Durant doesn't want to go to D.C., and he never took a meeting with them. I mean, it was, it was a little reminiscent of, of that from an intel perspective. So your intel reputation is on the line with the Messiah stuff too. If Messiah is just like, no and leverages it into an extension, there are a lot of people who are leveraging extensions right now. 
that's that's something they would have to be wary of as well. And it, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying that other teams are doing it. They can do it too. Yeah, no, uh, 100%. And by the way, like, in terms of your point about, you know, the intel, do the Wizards have good, uh, you know, sense for these things? You know, let's go back to the summer of 2016. The, 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 in the year before, the Wizards went with uh, a, you know, a whole bunch of expiring contracts in large part. that They had made the, they, they had won a playoff series back-to-back years, but the next year, rather than just sort of build off that, they went with a bunch of expiring contracts to have a shot at getting Kevin Durant to come back home in the summer of 2016. Well, we know how that worked out. Not that they didn't get him, which is, you know, that, that that's one thing, but they didn't even get a meeting with him. Then they didn't get Al Horford as, like, the potential fallback, which would have been really good. And instead, they ended up with Jan Mahimi, Andrew Nicholson, Jason Smith, and so on. And that is that whole offseason right there is in very large part why Ernie Grunfeld doesn't doesn't work with the Wizards anymore, why the, the situation is as dicey as it is. It even be, I mean, even with John Wall's situation, if they had if that offseason had gone better, not you know in terms of who they signed, they had to give you know, they had to give up a first round pick to get rid of Nicholson. They had to give up a pick to get rid of Jason Smith, and and all that whole summer just put them back. But that was partly, presumably, based on intel. Did you think you actually had a shot at Kevin Durant? Clearly, they did not, and somehow the Wizards still forged ahead with this idea that they did. So, yeah, the intel aspect is definitely huge, and it is one reason why I'm, I'm again, I get making this play, but, you know, especially after having done it with Conley, nobody would have laughed at them if they made a play for Tim Connolly, he said no, and they, and they went to, again, whatever, Tommy Shepard, Troy Weaver, Danny Ferry, I think everybody would have said, you know what? kudos you, you did fine but they didn't and here we are and and now we're waiting so uh yay for us <laughs> people don't realize how much of reporting is just sitting around and waiting for stuff want to go to the movies oh, i can't I, I feel like someone might call me in the next two and a half hours and i'm gonna have to run out like there's so much of that and it's it's a burden it's a lot. It's so I, it is, and this is a. Let me not hijack your podcast, but since we've only done, we only talked about the GM thing. Do we actually want to talk about the draft? Like, I don't know how much you like, how much you've been. I mean, you're focusing on a lot of different stuff, and I know I'm, you've written about have, it. Uh, I'm gonna have to see on at some point. Oh, okay. I'll talk about the draft with him. Well, the only thing I will say is that look. At, so this was the but first you can week. Say whatever you like. Say what. You well, I was just to say. So this is the first week that this was the first week that they had. Uh, workouts. Okay, fine. It's a little bit later than normal. Again, the, the circumstances are what they are. Just so people understand, these workouts, these meetings, it's an opportunity to meet the uh, the, the person and get them get a little more insight into who they are. And yes, you see them play basketball. They've been scouting these guys all year for two years, whatever it may be, and they've talked to coaches and all these people. So you know, if they don't if they don't talk to somebody, it's not an extreme issue. That said, they haven't. They, the people that they brought in this week were basically, at best, second round projected types. I don't think there was even a single guy who's projected in the first round. Certainly not in the lottery. And I, 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 I am. It'll be curious to see who they bring in next week. I know there's been some notes of like, hey, this, you know, the couple guys may be coming in. 
Um, I, I heard that the Sekou Demboya was, was possibly coming in as soon as this weekend. They, so we'll see if, if there's anything happens to that. Maybe it's a private workout, not a group workout that, that, that happens as well. Um, but it'll be interesting to see who, who comes in next week. Cause I have had some sense that because the league as a whole does not know what the Wizards are doing, that I think for some agents, not all, not the majority, but for some, there is a question of, well, wait, do I send my guy? His valuable with his valuable time to Washington when I don't even know who the decision maker is. I, I, I think that for some people that is a concern. Again, not saying for everybody, but it'll be interesting to see next week who they actually bring in. If we're starting to see some guys in the you know, who would be in theory uh, in, in consideration for the ninth pick. Yeah, it's really interesting what's happening on that front. Um, but I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Sam on uh, either next week or. The week after that, and we're going to talk draft stuff when we have a better idea of kind of who they're narrowing in on, who they've been working out, all that stuff. And Sam is obviously, if, you don't, if you're not reading Sam over at The Athletic, he is, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a company man, I believe this before either of us were at The Athletic, I believe this before The Athletic even existed, uh, back when I was a beat writer in Oklahoma and Sam was, you know, at CBS. Sam is the best draft guy. He's the best. He's so good. He's so absurdly knowledgeable about scouting these guys, about knowing their history, knowing their backstories, stories, knowing the league in general. You know, most people either know the draft, college, or NBA, or maybe they know two out of the three. People don't know all three. He's so well connected. He just does an unbelievable job. So you should be reading his stuff. He's so informative and awesome in what he writes, uh, and uh, and I've I've always appreciated what he writes. I'm going to be having him on. Although I do have the NFL's mock draft king on this podcast right now. I'm going to have Sam oh. on at uh, at some point moving forward. Do you want to discuss which of the 2020 guys would be helpful for the Wizards front court? The 2020 NFL guys, I mean. <laughs> no, we can pass no. on that one. Uh, right. Anything to plug before we go? Uh, no, you know, NBC Sports Washington, follow me on Twitter, uh, you know, just all, all I would say is when it comes, this isn't a plug, this is just life philosophy. I totally get it. You should totally be, be if you're a fan, do, do whatever you want to do. I'm not here to judge your fandom, and I totally get if you have no faith in what the Wizards are doing, just from the standpoint of it's been a frustrating season for sure, and you know, if you're viewing it as the over the course of decades, then it's even more so. But I, I would just say, like, don't you know, don't freak out from the standpoint that they're waiting, but be curious to ultimately why they're waiting and and what happens if they do strike out. But the idea, like, I, I just get so annoyed when I see people suggest that, like, just because they're waiting means nobody would want this job. It just oh, kills me. So so silly. That, that that's all I got. There you go. Get it out. Uh, that is it. Subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Give us five stars on iTunes. Leave nice reviews. Nice reviews are awesome. They're so great. They're nice by definition. Uh, I'll be back next week. Like always, like I always say, I will do an emergency podcast if something warrants an emergency podcast. If they hire someone, I will do one with an ample time of the news breaking, I promise. I always write first, but then I'll podcast after. I promise you that. Uh, I am going to do a pre-draft podcast at some point. I don't know which week, but one of these weeks before the draft, I will do one, like I said, 
with uh, with Sam. So we'll get together and we'll do that at some point in the near future. I'll be back next week unless, of course, they hire somebody. I'll talk to you guys then.